What's up? Hey. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tania. And you are back listening to another episode of You I Do. You I Do. I say Okay. I Do. All right. Okay, I'm done. I figured. So, Tania. Yes. We talked to two very amazing people tonight. Yes, we did. We talked to two amazing people. They famous out here. Yes, girl. They, the thing is, it's like, you might have heard about what they've contributed to the world, but maybe you don't know much about them individually. So, basically tonight or today, whenever you're listening... This episode is about Anthony and Janique Edwards, the creators and owners of Eat Okra, which is this super amazing app where you can find Black food and drink professionals, period. Like, you're looking for a restaurant, boom. You're looking for a Black-owned food truck, boom, in your area. A baker, a vendor. So much. Yeah. Like help yourself with wedding planning by downloading this app. Exactly. Because look, say you can't have or shoot, you can if you want to have a black owned caterer at your wedding, you can. But maybe your venue is like, uh, here are four vendors that we prefer. You have to pay outside fee, blah, blah, blah. Or it's all in-house. You can't go outside. Okay. Well, then have a Black-owned rehearsal dinner, a Black-owned bridal shower, a Black-owned, like, wedding favors. Like, use Eat Okra to help you source the food and the drink for your wedding events. Because your wedding isn't just that one day. There are so many other events that lead up to it. You might as well put the coin back into the community. Come on, coins. Come on, coin. We should drop something like a little coin, uh, uh like a little coin sound right there. Like a there. ching, 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 ching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to find a ching, ching for this. <laughs> oh, gosh, oh, yes. But for real, though, um, basically, if you're looking for Black-owned restaurants, Black-owned food trucks, Black-owned food and drink establishments... This is the app you need. Yes, ma'am. We are like talking to semi-famous people. Like, no, nah, they famous. Yeah. They the type of famous that Ed wants to be. Ed was always saying that you know he will want to be famous enough where like he could reap the benefits of being famous without people actually knowing who he is. Like, okay, they yeah. wouldn't stop him on the street yeah. or whatever. But these people, they're doing the work, like- y'all. Yeah, like if you name drop, then people be like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. 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 Because for real, I mean, maybe you haven't heard of Eokra until last summer. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you've known about it before. Maybe you'll listen to this episode. It's the first time you've heard about it. Now you're, you've downloaded it to your phone. Um, but this was, just an amazing conversation between two very cool people that did things their way 
their relationship and the build of this app very much coincided together. So we're thrilled that you get to hear all about it on this episode. Yes. Stay tuned, y'all. Enjoy. So welcome to another episode. We have special guests with us today, two very special guests. And if you don't know who they are, you should know who they are. So guests, would you like to introduce yourselves? Yeah, so my name is Janique Edwards. Uh, This is my husband, Anthony Edwards Jr. And we are the co-founders of Eat Okra, which is a mobile directory app that connects diners to Black-owned restaurants across the country. If you don't have Eat Okra on your phone, there's something wrong with you. (laughs) Because, like, it's so hard finding Black-owned restaurants. And I'm sure y'all know, obviously. Um, Or it used to be hard, (laughs) rather. And so um, we are just thrilled to, you know, be able to talk to you. Because not only are you basically fulfilling and creating Mm -hmm. that Yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Um, You're a black couple. And I think that's just amazing because sometimes, you know, we see, or this is just kind of my opinion. We'll see, you know, like there's a black person that created this like very amazing thing, but their spouse is not black. And I think it just, you know, kind of means something and is a little, I don't know. I just, I love seeing black love and I love seeing like black love doing amazing things. So that's all (laughs) you're welcome. You're welcome. So, um, before we dive into all of that though, how and when did y'all meet? So we met on a dating app. Actually, we met on Tinder back when it was like the good Tinder (laughs) (laughs) before I think it was a takeover going on, but, um, yeah, we met on Tinder. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we matched on Tinder, like, July sometime in July 2015 and I sent the first message I said something cheesy about like oh you have a nice smile or something like that and really just to start the conversation and she took the bait (laughs) (laughs) you know like he responded and you know we continued to have our conversations you know on the app but also Uh, We exchanged phone numbers and we had, you know, several conversations uh, over the phone. And it turned out that we both, um, we worked not too far from each other. We were both working in Midtown Manhattan at the time. So we were just kind of like, hey, let's, you know, like, let's meet up for lunch one day at Bryant Park. And so we did that. Um, It was a nice time. I felt like I was talking so much when I left. I was like, man, why was I talking so much? Because he was, well, he wasn't really talking that much. It was just kind of like just taking it in. Um, But yeah, we had a good time. And then we decided like, okay, let's like go on an official date. And it kind of started from there, really. I love the fact that you made the first move, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I was reading his, you know, his profile and it was just like, because with online dating, like I'd been, you know, doing the online dating thing for like at least a year before we actually met. Mm-hmm. And you tend to meet like a lot of weirdos. Like 
Yeah. <laughs> you meet so many weirdos. And like, as I, when I came across his page, you know, I was reading it, but he just seemed like a normal person. And I was like, okay, a normal, yeah, like I'm finally normal. a normal. <laughs> that was a lie. <laughs> I was like, finally a normal person. And that's really what like made me decide, okay, like, let me reach out to him and, you know, start a conversation and see if he's really normal. And he, he is. <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> That's funny. So, like, what was your side of that? How did you feel about the experience of, like, online dating and all that, Anthony? Yeah, I mean, I think it was a means to an end for me. Um, <laughs> you know, I was just, like, nine to five at the job. I didn't really meet any new people at the job. And I wasn't really, like, going out to clubs and doing too much of that. And I don't know. It was just, like, an easier way to just get outside of my network, meet people outside of my network, not, you know, meeting people at the gym or, or something awkward, you know, <laughs> bars, you know, it's not really a great place to meet somebody either. So I was just like, might as well try it, you know, but, you know, it is a lot <laughs> to, to be on those platforms, to stay up on it. It's just like another job. Um, yeah, it worked out. <laughs> I too am a Tinder marriage <laughs> or a marriage that came from Tinder. So nice. yeah, I think maybe 2016 was it for us. So maybe like right after that is like, uh, <laughs> it started to go south. Where the weirdos completely took over, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh my gosh, I feel so bad for like all of my friends that are still dating because it's like, ugh. Yeah. Ugh the worst <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about e-okra for those of course that don't know y'all have explained a little bit but tell us more about kind of the origin and like when you started like because you developed it right this isn't just like uh you know like i don't know like a just an instagram page like this is an actual app that you made um, so can you like, uh, yeah, give us a little bit about the origin there? Yeah, so in the spring of 2016, I moved out here to Brooklyn. I was living in the Bronx at the time with my mother, um, staying with her, trying to save up money after school so I could, you know, get an apartment on my own in the very expensive New York City and also paying off my student loans from school. Um, at the time as well. So, you know, I was finally able to get an apartment out here in Brooklyn and we moved out here. Well, I moved out here. Anthony helped me move um, in spring of 2016. And I really didn't know anything about Brooklyn. Neither did he. I'm from the Bronx. I was born in New York, raised in New York, but I'd never really lived in Brooklyn or been in Brooklyn for any reason. So it was just a whole new like experience, a new neighborhood, um, a new borough to explore. And when I moved into my new apartment, I moved before my actual like appliances and furniture was delivered. So we didn't even have like a refrigerator or a stove to either like store or cook food. So we were kind of forced to like go out and like visit, you know, different businesses and restaurants in the area. And also at the time, um, Anthony had, you know, gotten a job, you know, as a, as a developer. 
at a startup company, but he was just trying to figure out, you know, different ways that he could kind of expand his skill set. And he was like, I should build an app, you know, like I need to build an app so that, you know, if I go to an employer or a potential employer, I can say, look, this is something that I did. Um, I built it by myself from scratch and potentially I could, you know, make more money um, in my career. So that was a part of it. And then there was also the fact that like during that time, the, the elections was, was going on with, uh, you know, who, <laughs> and there were a lot of conversations going on um, about, you know, race and, and racism in this country. And it kind of, that kind of motivated us, you know, to, to want to do more and to support our communities in, in different ways. So, you know, I kind of came up with the, or the, the idea organically. I was like, hey, you know, you should build an app that makes it convenient for people to find Black-owned restaurants because that was, you know, a, a issue that we were having with, you know, exploring Brooklyn is that we wanted to support businesses that were Black-owned, but it was becoming increasingly difficult to find them. There were like some blog posts and things like that that existed, but nothing that was like, nothing that was up to date, um, nothing that had been, you know, kept that was current. So it just kind of made sense for us. And that's kind of how we got started with that. That's so true. I think the value of that is, whew, man, once we're able to like travel, travel again, <laughs> oh my gosh, because there's like so many places that even just like kind of maybe within 25 miles of like where Tania and I live, where of course there's, you, you know, you have like your soul food restaurants and like some barbecue spots and like some of your standard restaurants where like chances are it's black owned, but then there are so many other places where you might just walk in and it's like, Oh, this like really bomb vegan restaurant is black owned, but it's like, not in know. the black side of town. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Like, or, oh, there's just a smoothie place that's like black owned or like there was a place. Even a boba. A boba I was about to say place. the boba yeah. place. Well, you know, that <laughs> yeah. shut down because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, but I mean, still. there's a, there's like a boba place. Like we live in a county that's like very, very diverse and has like a lot of Asians and, you know, the area. So you see a boba spot and assume like, oh, it's an Asian owned boba place. Nope. It was owned by a black, black woman. Family. So it's just eat okra is just so necessary because yeah, like it's in your freaking phone, like everything else is. And it's just an easy way to be able to give back and like continue to spend money within our own communities. I mean, Obviously, you know, like we talk about that a lot with like the wedding side of things, but I think there is this very nice cross section of like being able to do both. So anyway. <laughs> For sure. And, you know, it's, it's been an interesting journey because as you mentioned, like, I think a lot of people typically when they think about uh, black owned restaurants or just black food in general, they have this idea of like, you know, just soul food or, or just, mm -hmm. you know. Creole cuisine or Caribbean cuisine. Um, but it turns out that, you know, there's so much diversity uh, on the app and in terms of food, you know what I mean? Like there's just so many options 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's pretty cool to get to be able to, like, build a, a platform that kind of showcases that, you know, that says, you know, of course, you know, we have soul food. Of course, we do that. And we do it, you know, very, very well. But, you know, we've also we also do other things, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of these chefs, they're so talented and they are, you know, trained to the nines, but they don't get that the same recognition and exposure as everyone else they can cook cuisine from all across the world you know but people you know just tend to think of them in one way and that's you know really unfortunate but it, on our platform it's just like look this is everything that black food has to offer you know and and as you delve deeper into it it you learn that it's 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 pretty it's pretty diverse and remarkable for sure Oh, I'm so excited to learn more about your story and how Eat Okra is all up and through. (laughs) Um, But first, we are going to start out by playing a game of this or that. So everyone knows uh, a game where you pick between one option or the other and you explain why. And we try to keep our questions kind of on theme to an extent. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But <laughs> um, this week, we will um, start out with Eugenique and then Anthony and then Tania, and then we'll circle back around. And so we have four quick rounds. And then once we're done with this, we'll go straight into these questions and talking to y'all. So um, to start off, for the wedding, would you prefer to have your rehearsal dinner at a Black-owned restaurant or just have a Black-owned caterer come in to a blank venue that you've selected? This is both for the rehearsal dinner. I think I would prefer to go to an actual restaurant. Yeah, I, I think the same. Because then everything's just done for you already. <laughs> There's no, <laughs> right. no setup. Just right. go in there, eat, eat good, have a good time. We would probably choose a place with nice vibes. And everything like that, and then um, go yeah. home after that. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right, Tania. Um, so this is kind of hard in a sense, but I think I would want to do it at the restaurant only because then I don't have to worry about the cleanup part. Mm-hmm. Or, so yeah, so um, as long as they have like in a private room, you know, mm-hmm. then I, yeah, then I think I'm all for that. How about you? So. It's like, it would be so easy to just get a caterer, but then you got to find a whole nother venue or, you know, like sometimes the hotels don't allow you to bring food in, you know, if it's the hotel everybody's staying at. So yeah, it's like yeah. planning a whole nother event the day before the wedding and yeah. ugh, who has the time for that? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I think it would just be like, trying to to plan a whole nother whole nother event right before like the the big event um mm-hmm. so. you're already stressed yeah i was just about to say like <laughs> and if you're anything like how i was before our wedding that just would be like added stress that's a yeah tania you see now um Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay second round having your first date at an amusement park or having your first date at a coffee shop i'm a chicken so i'm gonna say coffee shop i 
don't I like amusement parks, but definitely not for rides. Like I just like to go and like eat a bunch of crap. I spend my money on like just food the whole entire day and maybe like some games and stuff. And I might get on like a handful of rides, but I'm not like I don't like roller coasters. I'm terrified of heights. So I would and then it's hard to get to know someone when you're in an amusement park, you know, like so I Mm -hmm. think I think for a first date, was it a first date? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for a first date, I need to like talk to you and, and look at you. So I would say a coffee shop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, at a coffee shop, you could pretty quickly figure out if you're going to like this person or not. Can they hold a conversation? And then you can be out maybe mm-hmm. or just end it right after that 45 minute coffee. <laughs> At a theme park, you're kind of committed to the entire day. <laughs> right. And you're committed to a heavy price <laughs> to get into these theme parks these days. That's true. Um, not to say I'm cheap or nothing like that, but um, <laughs> but these theme park prices are like $150 a person now. Unless you got like the cold Coke cans where they had all the discounts and stuff like that in your family. <laughs> <laughs> to get, you know, I'm not the only one. Um, So yeah, I I guess the coffee shop. Yeah, you two make really good points. At first I was like, oh, amusement park all day. But then I was like, wait a minute. The last time I rode Batman was the last time I said I was going to ride that ride. (laughs) So yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think I would also do the coffee shop. Okay. I would agree. For the same reason as Janique, I do not do heights well, so uh, no, <laughs> like, oh gosh, I'm just, uh, I don't even know why I asked this question, because now I'm having flashbacks to the last time I went to Six Flags, and uh, no, <laughs> that was not a good time. Um, okay, moving yeah, on. I don't think I would ever suggest a theme park <laughs> unless I knew she liked roller coasters. Right. Yeah. yeah. On the roller coaster going down. Because yeah, me, I'm the person that gets off. in the front of the roller coaster. <laughs> Oof. Front uh-uh. the very back. Oh, no. Oh, no. To sit on, so. uh-uh. Yeah. I think like amusement parks, you either have to be like all in on like, all right, I want to do all of this and like just. Right. It's the worst. Start to finish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> round three. Back to the wedding. So would you prefer to have a late night snack kind of during the reception? So it's kind of like after the food, after the cake, but maybe, you know, like here's some dessert, some little snackables, some popcorn, something like that. Or having just a food truck outside so as everybody leaves, they can grab some food to go. I like the food truck idea. Yeah, food truck. For sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah, my cousin, she had a, her wedding and did a food truck. And I was like, oh, this was bomb. And the food was awesome, too. So it was like tacos. It, yeah. was, it was dope. Mm. California, yeah. Mm. Tacos. Okay. Tania? Now, this is after the wedding? Yeah. So, well, the late night snacks, that's during okay. the reception. But it's like, you know, for the folks that are still there, still dancing. Yeah. You know, y'all already had the cake, but maybe here's just like some popcorn and hot dogs or something yeah, versus like- a truck on the way out. 
Okay. Yeah, I like the truck on the way out because we're going to need to be out of there by a certain time. So <laughs> that will like <laughs> entice people to leave. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah, I like the I like the food truck idea. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I also like the food truck idea. Um I know people do the like late night snacks, but I just can't like what is that? I can't really just understand after the cake, why am I still feeding you in here? <laughs> like, I like the food truck idea because it's like, you're on your way out, you're on your way home. Mm-hmm. If you're hungry again, here's something light that you could like eat as you're riding home or whatever, right? Or like, you know, in the Uber. But the popcorn and the donuts, it's like, oh, why, why, why? All right, <laughs> so we're all on the same page. Love that. All right, final round. So for wedding favors, would you prefer to have and give to your guests chocolates made by a black baker or macarons made by a black baker? Chocolate. Chocolates. Yeah, I don't like macarons. Yeah, I'm not the biggest, yeah. biggest fan either. Um, but then I also haven't had macarons made by a black baker. So there's that also, maybe. I don't know. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would I would definitely go with chocolate. I love chocolate. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I'm gonna go with macaroons just because I didn't think I liked macaroons, but then I tried it from this particular baker. And I don't even know if they're black owned, but <laughs> they were good. They were really, really good. So I'm gonna go with macaroons. I'm glad you said that. Honestly, my real answer would probably be based on the price point. <laughs> <laughs> how much of these macarons versus these chocolates but you know um uh, <laughs> so like, um, like pricey what what's pricey the macarons depending on who like, you go to yeah depending on who you go to because they could be like a dollar and 25 you know per, per macaroon yes and they mm-hmm. like these little small things yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so that was fun <laughs> <laughs> I love it when we have some where it's like we're all answering the same way and then somewhere it's like, all right, no, I feel this way. So anyway, now we are going to transition into your story. So basically, we we know how y'all met. We know about your first date and we know why you built Eat Okra. But now to kind of, you know, dive more into your love story and how the evolution and the build of Eokra was interwoven into all of this. And um, I'm just excited because honestly, we haven't had too many opportunities to talk to, or I don't think really any, well, maybe just one, but where we've been able to talk to a couple that has a business together and how the business came about as their relationship was also evolving. I think sometimes we might meet someone that like has their own business or, you know, like we'll have guests that come on where they have their own business, but it was already established as like one person's thing. And then they started dating someone else that maybe like came in later on or what have you. Um, And I think too, that maybe people have heard of eat okra, but they don't know about YouTube. So, you know, kind of like your story. Um, So just excited Overall, I can say this probably a thousand times and I'll probably say it a thousand more before we're done. But um, to get started, 
basically, all right, Janique, what was it about Anthony that had you say yes when he proposed? But Anthony, what was it about Janique that made you want to propose in the first place? Um, I would say that, like, from the very beginning, it was very evident that, like, Anthony is, like, was, like, and is, like, the yin to my yang. Like, in a lot of ways, we're opposites, but we also complement each other very well. So, like, when I met him, it was, like, he brought, like, a a steadiness and and a balance, I think, to my life that I feel like I hadn't experienced before, like in a partner. And even like before we actually got engaged, there was like a couple of months before we got engaged, I was hospitalized because I I, I was experiencing like some really um, like debilitating like stomach pain. And for a while I've been going to different doctors and trying to like figure out what was going on and no one really had an answer. So I went in for like an ultrasound one day and they discovered that I had like some type of fluid in my abdomen. So I was hospitalized for like about a week and a half to two weeks. And, you know, during that time, they, you know, they removed all the fluid from my abdomen and they did all these tests on me and tests on, you know, different organs in my body because they couldn't figure out what was going on with me. And during that time, like we were just dating and he was like going to work every day and then coming to the hospital in the evenings and sitting with me until I don't even know what time, way beyond the, you know, the time that the visitation hours had ended. And he was doing it literally every single day. And I was just like, this guy's crazy. Like, <laughs> but I, I had to get, I think I got to a point where he was like so exhausted. And I was like, please don't come tomorrow because it's clear that you, you're tired and you need like a break, you know? But literally that's just who he is and that's always like since I met him that's just the type of person that he is and you know at the time I had a a conversation with my dad and he was just like that's it you know like that that's what love is um and it was just from there it was just like if he does ask me hands down, like, no question, I'm saying yes, because this that's the type of man that I want to marry, so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I'm like, through sickness and in health, like, right? come on, like, yeah, I mean, to the Janique, hospital every day? That was so sweet. <laughs> yeah, I think Danica, we are, like, complete opposites in, in so many ways, like, she's an Aries and I'm a Libra, like, that's total opposites in horoscope land, if you believe in that yeah but um yeah I mean with Janika it was like easy everything was easy she was beautiful well she was she's beautiful (laughs) smart educated well smart educated she um family oriented you know really enjoyed her family she had a career she has a vision you know she she loves sports basketball (laughs) is her thing um, even more than me, and it's kind of ridiculous <laughs> how into I'm sick of sports at this point. Um, but it was cool to meet somebody that was like on my level like that, you know. And 
you know, I think the first like date we went on, I took her to, I picked her up at her house and she recited like the entire ether track by Nas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, let me just play this song. Just so I want to see what she was going to do. And she, she literally rapped the whole song. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then we, uh, we went to a basketball game after that. And, and like the very, it, it was actually a tournament that they do every year in the summer at my, well, it was at my college at Fordham University, but the winner gets a million dollars of this tournament. And we went to the championship game. So it was like high energy. It was a lot of people, it was a lot of fun. It was more like, it wasn't at Madison Square Garden, but more like in a, in a gym. So it was nice, more intimate. But um, like the very first play of the game, um, this guy, you know, tipped it. Next thing you know, he threw it like 30 feet for an alley-oop and it was absolutely crazy. The gym went crazy. We both went nuts and I was just like, so happy in that moment. And I was like, this might be the one. She's super dope. And um, from there, it was just, we just had a good time and everything was easy. I was there for her. She's there for me. So. <laughs> okay. So cute. Okay. So how did you propose, Anthony? So I had been planning it for a while. Uh, I think I asked her dad that I was going to do it and got his blessing. I had to do it virtually um, or on a phone call. It wasn't really virtual. It was just a phone call. Her father lived in like South Carolina at the time. Um, but once I got the blessing, I had a friend draw up and I wish I had it with me. It was a um, picture of our first date on Tinder or like the first day we met on Tinder. So it was a picture of her and I in two different rooms. It's an illustration, so like a, a cartoon kind of picture. And um, it was me on the computers, her on a cell phone, sitting on the bed. And it was something she wrote for the first Like meeting. our first conversation. Yeah, it was our first conversation on this illustration. So like a, like a cartoon. It's, it's supposed to be like three more parts to it, but we only got the one done in time. And um, so I had that in the pocket. I had the ring in the pocket. And we went to, we had a whole day planned for, uh, we went to the Botanical Gardens. Mm-hmm. We might have went to brunch first and then we went to Botanical Gardens. I think we went to church, then we went to brunch, then we went to the Botanical Gardens. It was like a long day. Yeah, it was, it was a full out day. <laughs> but at Botanical Gardens, I had a friend follow us who's a um, producer, he makes videos and stuff. So he followed us. She didn't know it, who he was or didn't know he was filming us the entire time, but we got to this nice spot by the waterfall uh, at Brooklyn Botanical Gardens. Um, and then I was nervous, had to like hide the big, bullets. <laughs> had to hide a big, you know, ring box in my pocket the whole day so she wouldn't feel it or anything. But we finally got to the spot and then, you know, I just went for it. Got on the one knee and people were around. It was sun beaming down on us. I think I wore black too. It was just like, oh. <laughs> bullets. Okay, so Janique, do you remember what he said? I think it was just, will you marry me? Yeah, it was, it, he, he was, <laughs> he was, he was holding a ring, shaking. Sweating <laughs> <laughs> <Yes. laughs> bullets. But I gave you the picture first. Yeah, something he, like that. And I said something, 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 and then I got done. You did. I remember yeah. all that. I remember he gave me the, the picture, Watch the video. and I remember <laughs> you shaking. 
been sweating, getting down on one knee and asking me, "There's a video. Will you marry me?" <laughs> so He's like, "There's sweet. proof." Yeah. <laughs> there. No, I asked that because a lot of women don't actually like remember what they or like, what their partner says, and so like you know, I'll, so like, I just wanted to see you know if you remembered you know. Right. He could yeah. be right. He could have said something, something <laughs> else too. But that's that's all that I remember. And then you know, it's it's a pretty crazy moment especially you know doing it in public you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. exactly oh my god like you're asking me to marry you and then there's people watching and they're clapping and so there's a lot of emotions that you're going through at the time so yeah maybe you did say something and I <laughs> don't remember what that was <laughs> yes I said Aww. yes before he even asked me Will you marry you me? Sure so did. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I was like, yes. And I was like, oh, wait. Yes. He hadn't even gotten to it yet. <laughs> exactly. He was just down on one knee. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, gosh. All right. So timeline wise, you gotten engaged. What were like, what was the status of Eat Okra at that point? So I know that on May 3rd, to, May 3rd, 2017 is when we got like our first download ever i believe and it might have been like a family member or a friend (laughs) no um but it was june 25th that we got engaged so we it was a little what over a month the app had been up and in the app store so we didn't have that many um downloads yet but i know that we started off um with listing restaurants and businesses in Brooklyn. So at the time, I, I would say that we probably had like a handful of, you know, restaurants in that borough. And, you know, we got our first download and we were probably, you know, you know, thinking about expanding the directory to include more businesses in other parts of New York. So yeah, it was pretty much in, in still during that time. Yeah, 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 it would've been real, real, um... Brand new. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So how much time were y'all dedicating to the business at that point? Yeah, I, w- I mean, I was probably putting in at least 20 to 30 hours a week. At least. Yeah, uh, he was putting in, I will, you know, say that Anthony in the very beginning um, was putting in, you know, the most time because he was actually, you know, building and the platform and coding and doing all that stuff. Um, I was helping kind of build out the directory with sourcing like all the data, finding the restaurants and things like that. Um, but we both were working full-time jobs at the time. I'm still working a full-time job now. He's working part-time. Um, but it took, you know, a lot of time for him to actually build it. So he was doing a lot of that work you know, in the evenings and really up into the wee hours of the night, I would be like, I'm going to bed and he's, oh, I'm going to stay up for a couple more hours and, you know, code and he would do it, you know. Yeah, I was like, I was pretty crazy. I, was, I mean, I was waking up at 5 a.m., 5 a.m., working till 7.38, getting dressed, catching the train, going a full day of work, and then you know, hang out for a few hours after work, go to the gym or something like that, and then work again from nine, midnight, one a.m. or something like that, and then 
every day of the week, weekend, doing the same thing. It was like crazy. Yeah, for, for for like three years, I was doing that schedule. Wow. Yeah. Three or four years, I was I was crazy with it. Oof. The dedication, though. Yes. And it's paying off. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you have a wedding to plan. <laughs> How involved were both of you in the planning process? Uh, we planned our whole entire wedding by ourselves. Like hmm. literally every single thing about our wedding. Am I lying? That's the truth, right? We planned literally yeah, we everything. Have, we have a planner. So we, yeah. we use like a Trello board to, to maintain our like ideas what we wanted to do and execute on that and execute through the Trello board. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it took a while because I was just like, I'm not writing nothing in no Trello board. And I can remember this. And then as you start to plan things, you're like, okay, wait a minute. No, I cannot remember all these details. <laughs> And we do need some type of, you know, uh, system or structure to kind of help us along with that process. Um, but yeah, we we pretty much did everything ourselves. We kind of did it differently, I think, than the normal wedding. Um, yeah, I mean, the our plan was we, when we got engaged. We got engaged in June 2017, and then we our plan was to get married in the summer of 2019, but I was having a lot of uh, health issues at the time. And, you know, I was, we were just advised, like, you know, if you, if you guys want to have kids or if that's something that you, you think you want to do, um, you know, you should carry this along and, you know, get married and start trying, you know, rather quickly. So that kind of like put us in a, a, weird spot in terms of like what our original plan was versus like what we could do within a year because we were thinking oh we're gonna save for like two years you know and we should have like this huge budget and we're gonna have like this huge you know event but then you know when we pushed up a year it was like okay that like cuts our budget significantly and how do we still put together like a really great you know event um, in New York City, which is like the most, one of the most expensive cities to live in in the country, but also make it, you know, memorable and, and special and, and us, you know. So fortunately, we were able to do that. I don't know do y'all how. Want the details? <laughs> I really don't know how we were able to do that. Yeah, I think we set a budget of like 12000 or 13000 or something like that. Yeah, which is pretty like, unheard of for new york yeah because we had you know done our preliminaries going to see different vendors and event spaces and they're like all right to rent the space is just seven thousand dollars for just a canvas and then like it was like incrementing by seven thousand for everything you want you want caterer seven thousand you want chairs and tables seven thousand you want you want the decor you want a designer to come in and put this all together for you because we could bring you the tables and the chairs but we're not going to tell you how to set them up or what they should you know what things should look like um so that was an added expense do you want to have you know alcohol beer uh what kind of beer or wine or you know top shelf top shelf or in it like as we started to really like explore those options we were like okay this is not you know 
this is obviously not the route that we're going to be able to go and we need to figure out, you know, a, a different, an alternative. Um, and so that's, you know, kind of what we did. And, you know, with Eat Okra, we were already in the mindset of like, we want to support Black businesses. So of course, when we started to plan our, our wedding, we were like, we want to we want a black owned venue, you know, um, and, you know, wherever we get our flowers from and things like that, we want to make sure that it's a, if we can, you know, we want to support, you know, a black owned, you know, floral boutique as well. And we were able to do those things, fortunately. Yeah. So we, we shifted from a ven like a venue event space to a restaurant where we felt we could rent out the whole restaurant for like $5,000. Um, and it was one of our, one of our favorite restaurants. They have like really good food that was black owned. So we were fortunate to be able to rent it on a Thursday. We actually did it on a Thursday afternoon. So we got married around 11 AM, rented out the venue. We, we got another, a band for like a couple thousand as well. Uh, like a three piece band, three, three or four piece band and it was it was awesome they rocked the house (laughs) uh food was great cake we had we went to make my cake which was a black uh black black company bakery here in harlem so yeah we we actually the restaurant was the cecil um which is a black owned restaurant in harlem um which is directly across the street from where my oldest sister lives so i was very familiar with the cecil so they have a beautiful space and really great food um and also just excellent service like even till this day like if we go there they treat us like we're royalty you know <laughs> like it's, it's so ridiculous we're always like oh my god why are they doing it copping us bottles copping us yeah. bottles and all this i'm like oh my god okay <laughs> but it was just the whole experience is really great. But also what we did, we, we got married. We actually had like our ceremony at the conservatory garden. Um, Central Park. At Central Park. So, uh, which is on the Northern side of Central Park, further uptown, which is once you get to the, the Northern part of Central Park that you're in Harlem. So it was very close to, to the venue. So um People, if you wanted to, you could walk. It was a beautiful day, but I think most people like cabbed it um, together. Um, but, you know, doing it in Central Park, we wanted a quick ceremony anyway. You know, we don't, we didn't want to have people just, you know, standing around and waiting around and had this long drawn out thing. So we were like, we're going to have a quick, um, you know, ceremony, exchange our vows. You know, the garden is beautiful. There's like these really huge fountains and beautiful greenery everywhere, flowers and things like that. So it was very, very pretty. We were able to hire like a violinist to, to play the violin, um, you know, as I was walking, as my mom was walking me down the aisle. So it was, it was nice. Like we were able to, you know, do things that made it beautiful um, while also like keeping it keeping the budget really really tight yeah so that's like and our wedding we were mind we were cognizant of people wanting to explore new york city so we wanted the (laughs) our reception to be done by like four or five o'clock so that people could go home and then enjoy the rest of the day in the city 
And then the next night we had like part two, like our, another reception for the older folks. I want to. I want to say. I want to say we. Ha- so we had we'll two call parties. The, the grown and sexies. <laughs> <laughs> we had like the the adult fifty and older party. Yeah. That they that happens in in the city, and so I we coordinated on Friday to do that there, with with my you know my parents and they like to dance. Our family is like our dancing family, so it felt good to just have like their space where they could party with us and listen to their oldies jams. And then the night after that, we had another party with the younger folks at um, Jay-Z's restaurant. No, it's the 4040. Yeah, yeah, the 4040 club. Which... The 4040. So yeah, and then, well, and then there was like another day on Saturday. <laughs> uh, our plan was to have a, a picnic a at... At uh, Governor's Island here in New York. So, so you take the ferry to Governor's Island. We were we were going to have yeah, a nice. It was, it was it was such a good like we wanted to be able to like, for, especially for people who came from out of town, like a lot of Anthony's uh, family live on the the West Coast. So you know if you're coming all the we, if you were coming all the way you know across the country to to celebrate with us, we wanted you got you know them to be able to celebrate. For at least the weekend, you know, like at least three days. So um, that's why we kind of had like these little events that, you know, people could kind of go to. Um, And so the last day, you know, was supposed to be like a picnic at Governor's Island. So, you know, for the most part, we pretty much stayed within like Midtown, the Midtown area. But then we were going to take them downtown and they would have to get on the ferry and experience what it's like to take the ferry to, you know, Governor's Island, which is this really beautiful island off of New York. Um, They have like food and, you know, just lawns you could lay out. You could do picnics. You could do like barbecue there. There's bike routes and all that kind of stuff. Another touristy thing. Yeah. So we were like, oh, man, we're going to mess them up. We're going to have them get on the ferry. from another black owned restaurant so we were bringing that as well we were gonna do a little throw some stuff on the grill whatever and then it rained (laughs) it rained and we were like no our beautiful weekend we almost pulled it off um because it was very weird we were we were very worried because you know leading up into our actual like ceremony it was raining in new york like literally every day for like a week and then, like, literally the day we got married, you know, the sun was out. It was, you know, it was a beautiful day. But all the way up until that point, we were like, oh, my goodness, we're going to, like, we're going to have to get ra- married in the rain outside in Central Park. This is going to be awesome. Um, but, yeah, so what we ended up doing that day, Saturday, that Saturday, instead of going to Governor's Island, is we had everyone come to our hotel suite. And we were staying in a suite. Um, in Midtown, which was a pretty huge suite, and it had like an outdoor patio. Um, so we kind of invited all of our guests to that to our suite, and we, you know, put the food out, and it was cool because it was just like another way for us to just. It was like being at like a cookout, you know, almost. So all our family families really got to like mingle and get to know each other really. Yeah, everybody so, was dressed in white and stuff. Yeah, we had everyone dressed in white and it was just it was nice. Yeah, we almost got kicked out, but you know. 
know. They wanted us to rent like the room in the basement or something. And we're like, no, nah, just do it in our room. <laughs> so people were coming and stuff, but it was good. It was good. It turned out great, but we would have killed them had we got to go to Governor's Island. Oh. I love how y'all like just kept the party going. It was mm-hmm. like a wedding and then party, party, chill, cookout. Like, I love that. Yeah, everybody <laughs> had their own party to go to. Like, yeah. I love that too. It's like giving you... us uh-huh. ideas or it's giving me ideas. So hopefully yeah, we'll be able to. It was cheaper for us. That's... We did yeah. three events, but each one was like 3000 for this one. 2000 for this event you know at this place and then the food and getting over there was another like 1200 so you know mm-hmm. our money stretched yeah yeah enjoy the city got to eat food i got to hang out sleep in between so you know we were we really didn't like when we went to weddings and it was just like a one afternoon or one all night thing and then like i don't mm-hmm. see anybody after that you know so we wanted to like keep the Bring our fam- really bring our families together. I think that's what it how we put yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Me too. I love that so much. Oh my gosh. We're trying to figure out how to do this ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so fast forward, you've been married a year and you had your daughter, right? <laughs> In that time frame. Um, how was like being a newlywed and a parent and also having a startup how how was life like a year in pretty chaotic (laughs) (laughs) pretty pretty chaotic um yeah I mean people always say like nothing prepares you for for being a parent I've heard that you know numerous times before Mm -hmm. I actually you know became a mom and, you know, it's one of those things where you hear it and you hear it and you hear it and you're like, yeah, whatever, you know what I mean? And I, I have like a slew of nephews and nieces. And so I have a pretty, you know, I'm always, I was always around children. Um, so I always felt like if I had a kid, you know, I, I could handle it, you know, but oh my goodness, it's nothing. <laughs> being a mom is nothing like being an aunt, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a whole totally different experience. Um, just how you love your child, you know, it, it's just, it's totally different. It's a whole different type of love. Um, but then it's the work too. Like I've never been more exhausted in my whole entire life. <laughs> like, um, And that's, you know, even before she arrived, you know, just at the end of the pregnancy, you're exhausted. And then, you know, they arrive and you kind of running on like this adrenaline um, almost because, you know, like, I got to I got to take care of this baby. I got to take care of this baby. So there's all of that to the doctors don't let you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, like if you're breastfeeding and things like that, you you know, it's it's a lot. And then if you're working as well, too, you have to like manage this new responsibility, being a mom, if you're breastfeeding, that's a job in and of itself. 
And then you also have your career that you're, you know, trying to maintain. And then a lot of times you might even feel pressure in your career because, you know, if you took maternity leave, now you got to come back and you have to perform at the same level that, you know, you were performing before you had your baby. So, um, and then you add in a business into the mix as well. Um, And that has its own uh, set of challenges. And for us, we were only married for a year. So like, we're still navigating, you know, marriage and and being newlyweds and figuring out how we're going to spend the rest of our lives together. And then you bring into the mix a baby. (laughs) So um, I think, you know, it, it was challenging for us. I mean, we're just we just get things done. Like that's the type of people that we are, you know, like Anthony and myself, but we were like, Whoa, like this is, this is different. (laughs) This is very different. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I I think it's, it's tougher now than it was when we had a year. That's true too. Um, Bradley's, you know, she's going on two. Well, she's like, what, 20, 21 months this she's month? She's going to be two in, in the end of July. So, yeah. So it was really, you know, now she's like running around. When you put her down in one spot, she doesn't stay there. You know, <laughs> during those times, we could get away with, you know, putting her in the swing for a little while and go off and do something. Or now it's like constant. You know, she's getting taller, so she's reaching things on the the, the cabinet now or on, on the, the counter, so you're pushing everything back, and she's exploring more. So it's definitely tougher now, but even even at a year, you know, it was it's still, like, you know, everything's always changing. You think you got a routine, and then she changes. She goes through regression or something like that. Um, and you have to figure figure a new routine out. You have mm-hmm. to, to adjust. So there's constant, you're constantly adjusting to, to, to your child. And, you know, with COVID, it was like, it was kind of, it, it, it was great because, you know, all of these, we got to see every little single moment of like her progression and her growth and her development that if we were both outside of the house working, you know, which we were doing prior to COVID, we would have mm-hmm. missed all of those moments. We would have missed the first time she rolled over or the first time she crawled or the first step she would have taken probably. Um, but because we were home, you know, with her, we got to to witness all of those things. So it was beautiful to be able to do that. But then it's like, I got a Teams meeting and, you know, rally screaming because she you know she's hungry or she wants my attention or you know what I mean then you're guilty because you're like okay let me just sit her in front of the tv for a couple minutes while I do this on the computer and you're like oh my god my child tv's raising my child you know (laughs) (laughs) so it's like we're constantly like trying to navigate that as well um and then as she just like Anthony says she gets you know, she's bigger, she's exploring more, she understands things like, oh, I could do this, I can do that, I could touch the stove, I could, and it's just like, how do I keep you from killing yourself every single day, like 20, 24-7, so, um, yeah, it, it's it's been kind of nuts for us. 
Yeah, and then, you know, especially within the last year, Eat Okra has grown by like 4,000%. So we, we literally went from maybe about 40,000, 50,000 downloads to 300,000 in what felt like overnight. So there's a lot of stress. That's amazing. To, to like keep the system working, you know, field yeah. so many calls and so many emails and so many meetings. During that time, we needed money during that time to continue right. where we were on our growth, sudden growth, you know. Yeah, that was also, you know, a huge thing because, you know, for the most part, we've been building and growing at our own pace, you know, and kind of flying low and, you know, building eOkra, but doing it, you know, at a pace that kind of complemented where we were in, in our lives and had all the things that we had going on. Um, but then it just exploded in such a short amount of time. And it's like, okay, you know, now we have so many eyes on the platform and so many eyes on us. And how do we respond to that? So, you know, that in and of itself was, was very challenging. I, I feel like we're still kind of figuring that out um, as we go along. You know, I'm, I went to school for English. I did not study business. Uh, you know, he has a computer science degree, um, did not study business. So it's like a lot of things we're learning, you know, on the fly and learning on the fly with a lot of, of, of attention on you as well. So there's that, you know, added pressure too. So it's, it's been a challenge <laughs> and a blessing at the same time as well. Oh, for sure. And I'm sure, I mean, y'all hit on a lot of it, meaning like the effects of COVID being a parent and then having to work and then also having eat okra, but Let's kind of, I guess, go to like last summer. So like the end of May, the beginning of June, when the world was like, you know, oh my gosh, racism exists. Like the <laughs> eye-opening moment. Oh, no. Right. Crazy, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah, <laughs> this has been happening this entire time and now you're paying attention. But all right. But I'm pretty sure any brand that had already a focus on black brands, black businesses, black owned anything was magnified so much last summer because everyone wanted to support black owned underscore. Right. So, I mean, you know, we saw some attention on like the wedding media side of things just from like, you know, planners and like ad or not ads, but you know, like, the different pubs or whatever that wanted to, you know, like put together a list, a thing like that. But I'm pretty sure that like y'all also got a lot of that attention as well, just because it's like, yeah, eat okra has been around for what was last year, like uh, 2020. So like eat okra has been around for four years at that point. And now you're just now, you know, discovering, Hey, this is what we've been doing this whole time. So like, what was that like? Cause I know, I mean, you just spoke about um, you're still trying to like figure things out and like get, you know, get, be better um, at the same time while people are, you know, while you have now like more attention and more eyes on you, but kind of 
on the other side of things of just like being a person in general and just being like a black person in America during that time. How was just, how was that time for y'all? Um, I would say like for me, it was, it was, you know, it was pretty difficult um, mm-hmm. because because of the reason why we were getting so much attention at the same time. So it was just like, you know, of course it was like, yay, you know, people are, 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 are you know, downloading the app, they're using the app, but it's also just, I was very tired, you know, like of, of COVID because at that point we were home for, you know, a few months at the time but also just tired of, of, of the same story, you know what I mean? And, and having to witness yet another, you know, black man lose his life, you know, to, to police brutality and having to sit in that, you know what I mean? And it's, it's a very weird thing when you experience, you know, success and, and that success is because of that, you know what I mean? So for a while it was like, it was like, we were happy, we were excited, but then there was also those feelings of like, ugh, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I- I'm-, I'm so tired, I'm so disgusted, and just sad also, because it's just sad to, to have to witness again. And yeah. again, and again. Yeah. <laughs> right. and again. It, hasn't, it hasn't stopped, and it's, yeah, right. yeah. And Janique always hones this in. It's like we don't we want Eokra to be around not because of tragedy or because of of a way to stick it, you know, you right? Know, stick it back. Like we're we're this company where you should be. We should be doing this all the time, not just because of somebody got kicked out of Starbucks or right. you know, the wrong shoes. Or even, you know, even George Floyd, we, you know, we're here to support all the time. And that's our message. Um, When when May did happen, though, it's interesting because I had been working on a rebuild of Eat Okra for about a year. A year, a year, about 12 months, hard working on a complete (laughs) rebuild of the app. And I actually released it on like the 25th of May. And then on the 27th of May, George Floyd happened right around, around that time. And then, you know, somebody had tweeted us on Instagram or something like that, maybe Twitter, Instagram, Twitter. or, you know, made a post about us on Instagram. It was like, oh, babe, this, someone tagged us in it. It's got like a thousand likes. You know, we started seeing a little trend on our app. And then next thing you know, that same post just kept going and going and going. And then it had like 10,000, 20,000. We're like, oh, wow. And then we just started getting a crazy amount of people downloading the app. And then more people started creating these stories, creating these lists, creating these tweets, you know, yeah, and just like, started reaching out to it was us. like, use eat okra, use eat okra. So we, we kind of became that app, that go-to app for people. And it was just, it was just nuts, you know? And then like, to your point, corporate 500, fortune 500 companies started to say like, Hey, we need to support black owned restaurants or black owned businesses. What can we do? Like, let's reach out to the people in our network. And then they realize like, we don't know who the black owned, who our black owned clients are. 
you know? So they're like, we have a problem, <laughs> you know? So then <laughs> reaching out and doing more stuff and more people want to create more lists and, mm-hmm. you know, so it's kind of like where we are now, you know? Yeah, I heard about um, one of the, I guess, kind of food delivery giants that last summer kind of had their eyes open to, you know, like, oh, people are coming to our app and they're trying to find Black-owned restaurants. So what we should be doing something to, you know, make this easier for them. And I'm thinking, you know, seeing like Yelp and places like that start to pop up and, um, you know, like you see Google having, you know, like it's now kind of part of their, um, I guess like their list or whatever, or not list, but you know, kind of like they're just identifiers. Yeah. Yeah. Like everyone's doing that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like all of that happened overnight where it's like before if you were trying to look up say like a soul food restaurant in the space like in a particular area you know you might get a southern restaurant which is definitely not the same or you know like (laughs) you know like certain I guess just kind of like menu items to them say like oh this is black owned and it's like it is not it's in Canton Georgia you know like it's a place that's obviously not black at all so um I'm glad that, I mean, granted, like last year was so heavy for all of us and it's continuing. I mean, last week we had a win and just, you know, like what hours later than, you know, so um, I'm glad that y'all are still just able to continue and maintain (laughs) Um, because there's still so much more that I'm sure that y'all still have (laughs) just because it's like, look, your average person does not know how to develop an app <laughs> to help them locate um, their favorite or the future favorite restaurant. So. so knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to a couple that is in business together? Because child, I would never work with my fiance slash future husband. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. <laughs> Get a good good support get a good therapist no (laughs) (laughs) no um I would say that you have to to really be um adamant about separating work from from the relationship and you know at times that's something that even we you know struggle with because this is very new for us you know like it's it's still very new and we're still learning marriage itself is new this year we'll be celebrating what our third anniversary mm-hmm. our third anniversary so technically we're still kind of still newlyweds you know what i mean so um i think it, it's very important to kind of make sure that you keep the relationship um, sacred and you make sure that you carve out time for your relationship. Um, Business can be business between whatever, nine to five or whatever you establish that's, you know, between you and your partner. But, um, you know, you just have to create those boundaries and sort of compartmentalize a bit and, and just, you know, 
like I said, be adamant about it. Like, yeah, um, set standards, you know, I think set standards and obey those standards, (laughs) (laughs) honor those standards. Communication is is still like another, it's like a, a different kind of communication or it builds on that marital communication yeah. because you're working with each other in a different way. You're, we have different opinions in the way we think, the way we organize, the way we lead, you know, the way we choose our words. <laughs> Everything. We're, like we said, <laughs> we're opposites and we really mean that. <laughs> so, you know, for us, we had to do a lot more extra talking so we understand where each other's coming from and each other's thought process. And, um, yeah, I think that's it. Just really like just get therapy, get <laughs> <laughs> get a therapist to help you with all that. Uh, no, for real though, like I'm, a, I feel like you know, there's a this stigma with with therapy. I feel like in in our community, um, especially you know, when it comes to to relationships and marriage, even. Um, you know, I, I come from, you know, a, a, a very, you know, a religious family. And a lot of times it's, you know, you can pray this away and things like that. Um, and I'm not saying don't pray, you know, I pray too still. Um, but therapy doesn't hurt, you know, like it, it's sometimes good to, especially when it's two people, because sometimes, you know, you think you're right and you, you, you know, you're, it's hard to see, you know, your, your spouse's perspective. And then you need that third person to kind of come in and kind of facilitate and say, Hey, wait a minute, you know, like, are you right? Or do you have to be right all the time? You know what I mean? So it, it, it brings another element and another perspective that can be very helpful. You know, if it, if it's something that you're, you're thinking about, if, if you love the person and you feel like, Hey, we need help. And in certain areas, there's nothing wrong with admitting that and, and going to seek that help. Because at the end of the day, you get married because you want to be with your partner forever. You know, you want your marriage to, to last forever. So you got to do what it takes to, to, to make sure that that happens. We are definitely advocates for therapy. So, yeah, whatever you have to do, but stay together, work together and, mm-hmm. you know, and like just make it work so yeah so kudos to y'all for like you know like hanging in there because it's been a rough well almost two years yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been rough on everyone and you know having a business having a baby and you know like still trying to smile and be happy and yeah 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 it's been rough so um congratulations to the both of you because y'all definitely. are out here doing it like y'all are definitely goals and so thank yes. you mm-hmm. for sure that was our last question so we're gonna move into the wedding vendor love so who would you all like to shout out barbara's flowers wow, barbara's flowers i'm like sitting at, at what was my birthday like two weeks ago so i'm sitting across from like a a, a bouquet of flowers that anthony bought me for my birthday two weeks ago and you know they're starting to they're starting to wither away now but they literally just started i feel like today so their flowers are just beautiful um they last forever they They last forever they smell great smell amazing 
Um, and they're black owned too. Um, they have two shops, uh, one in Brooklyn and one in Harlem and really great, really great service. They were amazing um, with helping us kind of put our, our arrangements together. So. Yeah, I would say um, Billy also who put together the band and sang at our wedding. Uh, he, he was awesome. Family loved him. Uh, the Cecil for so letting sad. us hold down that space for a few hours. Who else? Uh, make My Cake. Yeah, Make My Cake. Make, make My cake, cake, a bakery in Harlem that has been around for years. Decades, yeah. Yeah, at least two decades now. Oh, wow. Um, really great um, Black-owned business. Who else? That's it. I think that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, so whenever Ashley and I get to go up to New York, we're gonna have to like reach out to y'all because <sighs> for sure. Yeah, because it sounds like y'all are the plug. <laughs> right. <laughs> we want to yes. see what this Governor's Island is about too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm like putting that in my list of things to do. So yeah. Exactly. You guys will love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you ready for the vendor that I want to shout out? Are you ready for the vendor that I want to shout out? I am. Okay. Boop, 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 boop. The vendor I am shouting out today is Dame Regina. She is a wedding planner and designer based out of Chicago, but she is a Desti planner. So you're not in Chicago. That is perfectly fine. Her event company is called Regine Danielle Events. I love that because I love me some living single. But honestly, her style is simply beautiful. Brides.com named her one of the best wedding planners in America. So look, that's, that's pretty big stuff. But you know me, I'm a fine art girl. I love the moodiness. I love the drama of it all. And she gives you that, but it's very classic and opulent. So if you're looking for a planner in the Chicago area or beyond, please look at Regine Danielle events. Her Instagram handle is Regine events and her website is reginedanielle.com. Tania, who may you shout out? Who are you shouting out? All right. So this week, I'm actually going to shout out a bridal designer. Yes, I've been trying to figure out exactly what kind of dress I would want that does not look like every other dress that's out here in the market. So I've been landing, you know, I've been kind of sort of deep diving and looking for black designers. And I came across um, a black designer. She's actually based out of the UK. And her name, you know, I can't pronounce her first name, but let me just say her brand is Valentine Avo. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm probably not, but she's based out of the UK. She makes like timeless dresses. Like they're not extravagant. They don't look like everyone else's dresses like that's out in the market today. But I feel like her style is very fine lines, sleek, very timeless wear. So definitely look her up and let me know if you like her. Okay. I'm looking it up now. Well, 
thank y'all um, for coming on. Where can the people find y'all um, if they want to know more, if they want to get the app, like give us all the good details. Yeah. I mean, first just go to, go to your app store, you know, your Google play or iOS app and uh, type in eat okra one word and we will show up. You can go to our website www.eatokra.com. There's all kind of links there to get started. If you're a restaurant owner, please claim your listing on our page so that we can get to know you, get, get to know us, and then we can make it. And then you can fine tune your page so that people can find you on our platform. Yeah. And also, you know, follow us. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, at Eat Okra, the app. So. Our handle is the same on all platforms, <laughs> pretty much. That's awesome. Like we said at the beginning of the episode, if you haven't downloaded the app, you need to do so. I don't care what you look like. Look, everybody needs to be able to find great food, especially Black-owned restaurants. Um, I mean, even more so now, I believe. Yeah, I'd like to add, you know, we started it with just restaurants, but now we have food trucks. Uh, I believe in the next two weeks, we've already started to implement caterers into the app. I've got nice. chefs, meal prep, pop-ups, recipe developers, influencers. We're trying, we want to cover, you know, the full gamut in that food and beverage space. And we're also launching- Wineries, yeah. We're also launching a, a marketplace within the app um, really soon, within the next couple of weeks. So, you know, if you want to be able to, if you want to like shop for, you know, black owned products like spices, sauces, condiments, snacks, Ooh. things like that, coffee. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That as well. So we're working. <laughs> yes. Likely by the time this episode airs, you download the app if you don't have it on your phone already. And oof, this is perfect. I'm just thinking of like, because I've just discovered, like, I don't know why, but s- spices. And I just want more spices. And so, yes, yeah. buying spices from Black chefs, Black folks. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they know how to season their food, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I think we've gotten more creative, you know, mm-hmm. and we're kind of sort of shying away from salt, you know? And so, like... right. Yes, like different flavors will actually like season the food just right, and you don't have to use a lot of salt. So, mm-hmm. yes, oh, I'm looking Ooh. forward to this. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, thank y'all again for coming on and chatting with us. We hope we didn't take up too much of your evening, but it's been wonderful hearing about your story. How your love story and eat okra basically were blossoming at the same time. And I just know that y'all have so much more success of ahead of you. Um, and so we're just so honored that y'all came to, you know, talk to I us because y'all big time. Yeah, I know. You're <laughs> <laughs> <We are> not. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having us on, you know, we really appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. So if you, ever wanted to find anyone that has ever been shouted out on this show and all 300 plus wedding vendors that have been shouted out, which is a wild to even think of, but you will be able to find them 
on find.uidu.com. So if you don't remember what we said, or you're listening to an episode later and you want to look that person up, or maybe you don't remember how to spell their name or what have you, you can always go there and easily find them. So just a little mental note. But Tania, where can people find us? You can find us on whoido.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok. And you can find Ashley at Demi Tosh on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me at Bell Story on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you again. We'll be back. See y'all next week.